many companies rather put money uh, on compensating their emissions than actually investing in actually reducing emissions. Hi there. Welcome to the Circum Center, a series of stimulating dialogues on the circular economy. Today's topic is circularity in the packaging industry. 17% of all waste produced globally is paper and cardboard. This is the second largest polluter after food and biological waste. Waste. Sheer, needless, unforgivable waste. And 12% of all worldwide waste fully or partially comprises plastic packaging. For instance, the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, which mainly contains plastic packaging and similar trash. Packaging waste poses a serious threat to our environment and is slowly getting more public attention. From June, it will ban single-use plastics. Recycling more of our waste. But is it enough? What can brands and businesses do to adopt circular packaging principles? Meet Yonne Helgren. Yonne was tired of writing sustainability reports that were never implemented. So he decided to get involved in something more concrete and co-founded Repack. Repack is a global reusable packaging service trusted by more than 200 companies that can be conveniently and quickly returned and reused. Let's hear it from Yonne about how he got involved with the circular economy and the future of circular packaging. Hi Yonne, welcome to the Circum Center. We're starting with the first circle of our conversation, which is your personal life. And I'm going to start with the question, how did your life lead to becoming a sustainability entrepreneur? I think this, this, this will go back to a little over 20 years when I decided to move abroad to the UK and study there. Spent about five years in the UK studying and working and, and eventually decided to move back to Finland. But um, at least 20 years ago, like foreign degrees from foreign uh, universities were not considered as, as uh, high quality as the Finnish ones. Also lacking work experience from Finnish companies was not an advantage, not having any network really to tap into. Um, so I think I was kind of an un unhirable, unemployable. Ended up starting um, a sustainability consultancy uh, together with a, with a British company uh, based in Oxford who were doing carbon footprinting, ecological footprinting, life cycle analysis. And I thought these type of services should have demanding the Finnish industries as, as well. That is how my uh, entrepreneurial life started and were forced. I had that company for about five, six years, but then I got a bit tired of just calculating stuff and uh, writing reports that resulted into nothing actionable, nothing concrete. It was just a PDF for a, for a company if it led to any action. You mentioned that you were complaining about the world. At one point, you decided to stop gripping and start doing something. How did you choose to take action? Part of me has always been kind of interested in, in, in the society that we live in. What kind of society do we live in? How can I influence that? be it with my actions or how I spend money or time. And I think there are, there are too many things in, in, in the world at the moment that are not right. And I do complain about them a lot. Just by uh, accident, I met up with two industrial designers who also had a, 
bit of a crisis in their working identity. They thought that world is full of uh, crap products already, so there is no need to de design anymore. We ended up starting a, a design agency that combined life cycle a a analysis with industrial design so that you could actually design new products and solutions that are proven to be more sustainable than the existing ones. Be it what material is used, how it's manufactured, where it's manufactured, what kind of CO2 emissions it has on a systemic level and, and so forth. During the first year in that, that company, uh, we ended up, or the, the inventor really, uh, Juha, he, he ended up uh, inventing Reback, which then became the main product or the only product of the company. But uh, to begin with was a side project, a stupid idea on a, on a wall like that. For, a, for many, many evenings, where we're just drinking beer and, and drawing it, like, how would this work? Now we're moving into the second circle of our conversation, which is going to focus on your business and the industry. And I'm going to start the obvious question, how was Repack born? Uh, so we, when, when we had started this um, the sustainable design agency, we ended up working a lot with logistics companies, uh, and, and one particular was the Finnish post office. So we spent a lot of time in the warehouses of the Finnish post office and kind of saw the, the rise of e-commerce and all the packaging that, that came with it. Our inventor, Juha, he, he, um, he just said that why could we not uh, apply the bottle return system into other like e-commerce packaging? And uh, me and my colleague Petri, we were saying just like, yes, stupid idea. Uh, we have a good project here, why don't we just focus on that one? Uh, let's not go crazy, start chasing something that is just impossible to do. But he wouldn't shut up. So months went by, keep on talking about this, how would it be? And, and, and eventually we started drawing that, like what would the packaging be like? What would be the business model? And that took about a year. Kind of it, it just grew stronger that, yeah, I mean, there should be. Uh, uh, a deposit model and returnable packaging because e-commerce will be part of our daily lives. And then we started, we had our first uh, packaging that was actually a, a cardboard box. I think I may have one here still, which looked like this one. It wasn't black yet, but uh, uh, we this was delivered, something was delivered to a consumer in a re returnable packaging. But it was made of cardboard, so this happened. It just wasn't durable enough, and then we thought that we'd spend so much time on that one, and, and the, the packaging just doesn't work. What's the point? It's too difficult. Um, but luckily, we had asked feedback from, from the users, and an average rating from their user reback experience was nine and a half out of 10. We'd found a concept that people love, Okay, the product doesn't work. We can improve that. After all, we were a design agency, so... Um, but the, the concept simply had something that resonated. We came up with a with a with product line that actually works and on a global scale. That, that is the most efficient way of using our resources on this infinite planet. So 
in when, when it comes to packaging. So, so that model should be applied in other forms of packaging all around the world. Deserves to be. What is your view on carbon offsetting and carbon compensation that the companies do? They don't like this topic. <laughs> um, carbon offsetting, carbon neutrality, carbon whitewashing, whatever it could be called. Many companies have budgets reserved to offset uh, their emissions. And, and these budgets, while they mean well, of course, but that's money out from the budgets to actually do something about it. Reduce emissions rather than compensate. We, we can't compensate. However much we try and compensate, if we don't reduce, we are fucked. Climate change is, is, is totally out of control, if not already, but anytime soon, unless we really do drastically reduce the greenhouse gases that we produce. Any compensation, it just won't be quick enough and effective enough uh, to stop the, 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 the globe from heating. And when we go to speak to large corporations, and we know that they have this budget that they use to compensate, and of course they use that money also, and, and, and those budgets are used for marketing and telling the, how they are carbon neutral. Uh, but at the same time, they have many other options how they can actually reduce the emissions and, and reducing the emissions should be the, 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 the mainstream action and not that this is compensated. Let's just keep on doing and let's keep on using as, as we are used to because it's been offset, then it's fine. It's not fine. Repack is trying to create a systemic change that depends on other systems to adapt simultaneously. What is the greatest challenge for Repack to scale globally? Well, circular packaging when it comes to facing consumers is is a bit like uh, yeah a bit like driving a, a car on a rail track it's possible it doesn't really make sense we don't have an infrastructure for for reuse or circular solutions so most of the circular solutions they are either working in a, in a kind of a linear environment kind of working but not being optimal and, and being more expensive or difficult to use and not scaling to build that infrastructure you need a lot more resources than most startups will ever have uh, we because we, reuse and circular packaging is not about the packaging it's about the return channels uh, and, and kind of convenience for consumers to return them and then collecting those in bigger units and put them back into circulation. And, and yeah, startups like Repack can do that in small scale. But in order for that to scale and become regional or national or European or global, then we need, um, we need legislation to change and, and and investments to go into that space to, to build up that infrastructure. What are the barriers for businesses to embracing circular packaging? Main reason is cost. Since there is no infrastructure to return these, then we do have to rely on the postal and the courier world. And that is not the most cost efficient. So there are brands who think, okay, this fits our value so well that we will ship everything in reusable packaging 
knowing that it will double our packaging costs. But most brands don't do that. And I understand also why they don't do that, which means that they would need to make it an option for the consumer to choose. We see that those brands who do that selection well see that about 30 to 40% of their customers choose for reuse and pay for it, which makes it free for this brand. Most brands claim to have sustainability as one of their main uh, priorities, but in the end, sustainability comes usually after every other priority. <laughs> I mean, it's bullshit, isn't it? It is time to move on to our third circle of the conversation, which is going to focus on the future and how you see it, what's going to happen in the future in the circular packaging. My question is, what is Repack's plan for the immediate future? Well, what I said earlier about us working in a, in a linear uh, infrastructure, in a linear world. So now, in order for, for, for solutions like Repack to grow, I think they, they do, do need those partners that are capable of building that infrastructure, the return infrastructure for reusable packaging. We are seeing some developments yeah, like every postal, bo uh, postal company in the world has letterboxes everywhere. And they are worried about them not having any volume in terms of people not sending any letters anymore. But La Poste in France actually turned them into a vehicle to enable circular solutions. So in, in, in France, you can re return and repack at much lower cost than in any other country. That is the key key to scale. So uh, for us, it's it's about finding those partners that can help us scale. Strategic partnerships with uh, companies that are focused on and are committed to building circular uh, success stories. What would be the one thing that the consumers need to change to enable that circular transformation? It's not about consumers making the change. The companies need to offer those options. Uh, I think in the end, it's it's more of a responsibility. You can't blame the state of the, the world on, on, on consumer behavior alone. It's market forces that are shaping that. We we are quite easily led, and, and we make I make stupid decisions when it comes to consumption a lot and I'm misled by, by greenwashing. I don't have the energy to, to focus on everything. So it's the responsibility of the, 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 the companies that provide these services um, to make those choices easy and convenient for me. What would you first advise brands and businesses who want to transform their production towards a circular economy? Talk to us. <laughs> Uh, I have to start somewhere. Um, every company, I mean, like, like any any startup, any company, it's very difficult to to give advice from the outside. But it seems to me that there is a, a growing global trend for circular economy, and it is going to happen. Legislation is going to support it. Any smart business leader will have people working on this topic. Just do it in small scale first. I mean, Repack really didn't make sense in the beginning. 
with the with the uh, unit costs that we had. And if we'd been part of a uh, bigger company, we probably some controller would have killed our project immediately. So there has to be some kind of flexibility and, and certain maybe low expectations to begin with what can be reached with uh, innovation in, in, in circularity because you will build knowledge and understanding only by testing. PowerPoint uh, presentations or reading about it only brings you to some level of understanding and, and then that multiplied by actually doing some tests and, and uh, developments of your own. Thank you, Yone. It's such a pleasure to host you. We learned a lot about carbon offsetting, circular packaging, and the challenges in front of us to make this a global business model. We hope other systems could start adapting soon so that we can challenge the whole packaging industry. Thank you. Thank you, my pleasure. Thank you for listening. This is one of the 10 interviews with passionate circular economy leaders from fashion to food, from cryptocurrencies to architecture. Please subscribe to our podcast channel for the following episodes in the series. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit the bell button to watch these interviews. For more information, visit our website at www.circumcenter.world. See you at the next Circumcenter episode, discovering the center of your decisions.